The Productive Woman, Episode 62. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you for joining me. In this episode, I'll be talking about dealing with obstacles to productivity at work. You'll find links and additional information in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com 62. This episode is brought to you by PrepDish. PrepDish is a meal planning service that's your secret weapon for putting delicious, healthy meals on the table. PrepDish provides gluten-free and paleo meal plans that are created by a personal chef who's also a registered dietitian. And these come complete with shopping lists and preparation instructions, all at a very low monthly price. You can try the service at a special rate of only $4 for the first month by going to prepdish.com slash productive. And I'll share a little more about this later. Uh, one last reminder, if you haven't already done so, I'd very much appreciate your help in improving The Productive Woman. If you would please take about three minutes to complete the listener survey at theproductivewoman.com slash survey, I'd appreciate that very much. So let's get into it. I've had some questions from listeners and some feedback, some of it in the survey and, and some through emails, asking me to talk a little bit about productivity at work. And uh, for this episode, at least, I'm going to be focusing probably more on work at an office type situation, partly because that's what I know best. That's the environment that I work in. But a lot of this will apply regardless of where what your work uh, place looks like, what kind of job you have. A lot of these things are going to apply either way. And so uh, I hope that you'll find this helpful. I thought I'd talk about, or I, as, I, as I was preparing for this, I thought a lot about, so what are the barriers to productivity at the office, to getting things done in an efficient, effective way, getting your job done productively? And there are a number of things that we could look at, but the primary things that come to mind are, and and in no particular order, an inefficient workspace. And that certainly can be the case if you're, you know, in a a cubicle or an office that you don't have much control over how it's set up, but inefficient, um, you know, unergonomic workspace can really impair our ability to be productive and efficient at work. The second big um, barrier to productivity at the office that I thought of is interruptions. And uh, one article that I read, and I will put links to these various articles in the show notes, um, one article I read cited a couple of studies that found that workers told them the biggest distraction that they deal with each each, um, workday is noisy coworkers. And so that's, uh, there were some other things. Uh, the, this one article was called Seven Things That Kill Your Productivity at Work. And I thought it was really interesting. So you might want to check out that link and, 
and see some of the tips that they suggested. But interruptions, people coming in, phone calls, emails, the different kinds of things that interrupt us when we're trying to work and, and maybe prevent us from getting things done are a big barrier to productivity at the office. The third thing I thought of is, is simply having too much to do. And so much of what we talk about on this show uh, has to do with managing the workload, managing the tasks, the projects, the things that we're taking on. And you could go back to any number of episodes where we've talked about organizing your to-do list and planning projects, which we talked about just um, uh, just back in episode 60. But having too much to do can be an uh, an impairment, a, a, an impediment, a barrier to our being productive, just from the stress of it and and the being pulled from one thing to the next can be a real problem. And and similarly, multitasking or trying to multitask is a barrier to productivity. We all we've talked about that on past episodes that. We, um, you know, there's, there's always been this thing that women, we multitask, we do lots of things at once, but there are studies after studies, and I've cited them before, that true, true multitasking is not productive. It's actually a barrier to productivity. And uh, again, there was an article that I read, uh, this one is called Top Three Barriers to Workplace Productivity, A, a, a link in the show notes. And that author, Carol D., one of the things she said was, and I'm quoting here, multitasking is a barrier to productivity because it can prohibit an employee from remembering important information and instead grasping unnecessary details that distract from satisfactorily performing the job duties. Uh, Another barrier caused by multitasking is the amount of stress an employee feels when faced with many uncompleted duties. You know, the the fact is, as we've said before, when we think what when we are doing more than one thing at the same time and we think we're multitasking, what the brain is really doing is flipping back and forth, attention back and forth between them very, very rapidly. And, you know, all the science tells us that that's inefficient, ineffective, and actually causes issues. So, you know, I won't go into that into too great a detail, but look at past episodes when we've talked about multitasking and realize that it, it is a barrier to productivity, both at home and at the office. The fifth thing that I thought about that can be a barrier to productivity at the office, and I kind of put this in a rough category of um, conflict with coworkers, and this may be Uh, our peers, it might be a boss, it might be assistants. If you've ever had a a crabby or unhelpful assistant, you know how difficult that can make uh, your life and difficult it can be to get a job done. Um, Similarly, when you've got an overly demanding boss or someone who's difficult to work with, among other things, it can impair communication that's necessary for getting work done. When you when we have conflict with our coworkers, we're not going to communicate with them as uh, easily or as effectively, and that makes it difficult to get our work done. So those were just some of the things that I thought of. I'll bet you could think of others, and I'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments on the show or on the Productive Woman's Facebook page, because this is a real issue for a lot of us. We spend a lot of time 
those of us who have outside jobs spend a lot of time at them. And it's important to be productive and get things done so that we can, you know, hopefully work a regular work day and leave time and energy for the things outside of work that are also important to us. Um, so the other thing I thought about as I was trying to kind of get my mind around this, what, what, were, what are some of the top productivity challenge areas at work? Um, and the first one that came to mind for me is um, email. That is a, a, it can be a real challenge and And something we spend a lot of time on, those of us who work in an office situation where, where, where email is part of our job. One of the uh, articles that I read said that uh, most people receive an average of 300 business-related emails per week. And frankly, I, I, some weeks I get a lot more than that. So that can be a real challenge area, and we'll talk about that a little bit more I, I, as I get through these categories, then, I, then I'm going to throw out some suggestions for dealing with some of them. Second top productivity challenge area at work can be meetings. You know, if we meetings are a, a part of doing business for a lot of us. And as one writer said in, in another article I read, many times meetings involve too many people in discussions that don't always pertain to their specific responsibilities and um, one way of dealing with that is uh, to, to make sure that the meeting is productive, is having a good agenda, but that doesn't always happen. Meetings that are maybe unnecessary or maybe they're necessary, but they're not well run and they're not focused and not very effective can be a real challenge to get our work done. Uh, a third challenge area that I thought about is our workspace in general, cluttered or as we were talking, as I was saying earlier, an inefficient workspace. So those are some specific areas that I thought of uh, that we have to focus on in creating um, a, a workspace and a work life that can be productive. So what are some tips and tactive, tactics for being more productive at work. And again, these are not in any particular order. These are just some thoughts that, um, that I came up with, uh, way, things that I do in some cases in my workspace uh, to, to be more productive, to address some of these um, barriers to productivity and the challenge areas. So in no particular order, the first thing that I thought of, and maybe it's just because so much of my job involves email and having to deal with email. Uh, and so tip number one is to use best practices for managing, you know, those 300 emails per week that or more that we get. And in episode 38 of The Productive Woman, we focused in that whole episode on uh, ways to manage email. We talked about streamlining the process of reading and managing the emails. We talked about ways to organize our emails for efficiency to be able to get at them uh, and find information that we need. And we also talked about being smart about how you write emails and 
as a means of being more productive. So I encourage you to, if email is an issue for you in your workspace, you can go back to, uh, to episode 38, and that would be at theproductivewoman.com slash 38, and listen to some of the suggestions there that hopefully they, those would be helpful. I, I would also add that something that I've found just in, in the last few months uh, that helps me immensely. Uh, I'm, I've told you before, I'm kind of a Mac person. I like Apple products. But at my day job, we use a Windows-based PC and we use Outlook for email. And I, I use a plug-in, uh, an add-on to Outlook called the Simply File plug-in. And I'll put a link in the show notes. It's by a company called TechHit, I think is the name of the company. This is a, an add-on to Outlook that lets you very quickly and intelligently manage your email through keystrokes. And uh, I mean, the description on their website is they call it an intelligent filing assistant for Microsoft Outlook. Uh, it it has advanced folder prediction technology, so it actually learns kind of where where you store where you file emails if you use a, you know folders for different things. Like I have a folder for each client, and under that a subfolder for each matter where I store the emails as I respond to them or as I send them. And Simply File is this great tool that just learns which emails go to which deal, which folder, and it'll, it, with a matter of a click of a button, we'll put it there, you know, I can send it, and it files it away as it sends it. Um, I, it's almost magic. It's just a very cool app well worth looking for. You you don't need to use rules to store emails. You can do it with a couple of keystrokes. And it has massively improved my handling of email in Outlook so that I can keep my inbox empty or get to, get to inbox zero at, at least once a day without a whole lot of hassle and be able to find the emails that I need to when I need to find them. So as I'm recording this, um, Simply File is a $50 fee for the license for it, worth every penny. They offer a 30-day free trial. I don't have any affiliate relationship with this company. I just think this is a, an app that, a, a plug-in that everybody who uses Outlook ought to have. And so I encourage you to give their 30-day free trial. Uh, you know, at, at my firm, because it's a law firm and we have security uh, lockdowns basically on our computers, I had to have our IT guys install it for me. But uh, I just think it's amazing and everybody ought to give it a try. So let me know if you tried that out or if you've got another tool that helps you uh, with managing your emails, filing them, and so on. So episode 38, where we kind of go into a process, but also give Simply File a try. So that's one tip for being more productive at work. Mastering email, for those of us who work in an office, and, and that's a big part of our job, is key to being productive. And every tool you can think of, every tip you can find uh, is, is important. The next suggestion that I had is, uh, you know, and this goes back to the, the, inef the, the barrier that comes from inefficient or cluttered workspace. So to the extent that you can, make your workspace comfortable and efficient. 
And again, I'm mostly thinking about office work because that's what I know. And if you have a non-office job where this is an issue, I'd love to hear your suggestions that we could share with others for, um, for how to make your workspace work for you, um, for, for the kind of job that you have. But some of the tips that I have put into practice in my office uh, are, first of all, a, a pair of inexpensive but decent speakers plugged into my computer that play music from the Focus at Will app, which I've mentioned before, or, you know, whatever other music that either energizes you or helps you focus, depending on what you need. It, it, it makes a huge difference for me to have some instrumental music playing that can, you know, it, it can cover, I guess, the sounds of other people out in the hallway and somehow just helps me to focus. So that's one thing that I've done to make my space more comfortable and work better for me. Um, second thing, always think about the ergonomics, the, the height of your desk or where your keyboard is, uh, the, the comfort of your chair. Those things are key if you're spending a lot of time in your workspace it's hard to be productive if you're uncomfortable or your back aches or because of, of the height of your desk or whatever. So do what you need to, to adjust that. If you need, if your seat isn't adjustable enough, get a cushion to, to sit on that will raise you to a, a comfortable height. Uh, but in addition to that, think about how you've organized your space. Keep the things that you use frequently within reach so that you don't have to be getting up and down too often to just to get your job done. Uh, and again, the chair is a huge thing. People, every, Anybody who works in an office knows how important the comfort and the adjustment of your chair is. So uh, give some thought to that. Get a, get a better chair if you can. Uh, another thing that I've done, because I spend so much of my time working at a computer... And I'm often drafting documents and consulting other documents or consulting a website for information or looking at an email for things that need to be incorporated into a document or another email. Uh, so consider, if you can, having an extra monitor. As I said, I often have to have multiple windows open and having to keep moving windows aside to get to the one I need is, it, you know, it seems like a small thing. But it slows me down. It prevents me from being as efficient as I could be. And so y'all would laugh, at, I, probably, if you saw my desk at, my, at the office, because I actually have three big monitors. To, uh, and I use one that has my task manager open at all times. And at the office, I use Nosby. And uh, how, so how, my left-hand monitor, half of it is my task manager. The other half is my email inbox. The monitor to, on the right, the far right, has my calendar and the um, uh, focus at will window where I play that music uh, that I listen to. And then the, the screen right in front of me is my working monitor. And that's where I'll have windows or I mean, word open with the document that I'm drafting and maybe a PDF that I've got to re refer to or a browser window or something like that. And it, it seems kind of funny and, and I suppose maybe would be overkill depending on what your job is, but it works for me. And so, and I resisted it for a long time. I worked, 
at the office with nothing but the computer screen on my laptop. And I finally broke down and got a second monitor, and there was just no going back. For me, having that extra screen space is pretty much a must to getting the things done that I need to do. So if that's something that's a possibility for you that you think it might be helpful, consider doing that. Other things regarding um, being comfortable in your workspace, you know, have a a sweater nearby if your office is cold. I I dress in layers because my office is always cold. And um, so I... I always have a sweater that I can pull on if I'm feeling feeling chilly. But, you know, those sorts of things matter in terms of your, our, our ability to focus and get our work done, to be physically comfortable. Another tip, if your space is uh, kind of overrun with paper or whatever, it's, you know, declutter that space. I, I won't go into a lot of detail about that, but you can go back to episodes 14 and 16 and 37 of The Productive Woman, uh, that when we have talked about decluttering, the the why and the how of it in, in pretty deep detail. And we'll talk about it again in episodes to come. But it's important for the office to be able to efficiently find the things you need and um, work in a peaceful environment. For, for most people, it's going to make a difference. So definitely consider taking some time to declutter your space and organize it in a way that makes sense for you. And uh, all those episodes, again, you can always find them at theproductivewoman.com slash whatever the episode number was, 14 or slash 16 or slash 37. I think hopefully you'll find some help there. Another suggestion for making uh, your workspace more productive, more comfortable, and more uh, more effective, helping you work more effectively, and this may seem a little odd, but consider, if you can, having a plant or two. According to studies cited in, in one article, and I'll, again, put a link in the show notes, uh, having plants in your office uh, reduce stress, they increase productivity and creativity, They reduce minor illnesses, uh, in part probably because they provide cleaner air to breathe. They reduce noise, and they just generally make a nicer work environment. So having a a plant or two in your office can help make the space more effective and help you work more effectively in it. This article suggested some plants that can thrive in an office environment, And those that they suggested were aloe, spider plants, cactus, succulents, ivy, the rubber plant, and the peace lily. All are are plants that are recommended by this particular writer as plants that can do well in, you know, the typical office environment where it's processed air and that sort of thing. Um, So those are, you know, that's a suggestion to consider. For other ideas on how to make your space more comfortable and more efficient, there are a couple of great articles that I read. One of them is called Take Five, Make Your Workspace More Efficient. And the other one is called The Efficient Office, A Workflow Makeover. This was on the Lifehacker website. And I will have links to both of those articles in the show notes. And if you're looking for ideas, uh, creative ideas to make your office more efficient and, and more comfortable, check those articles out. 
So that's kind of the second overall category of tips for making your space, being more productive at work by making your workspace more comfortable and efficient. Uh, The third general category of tips, I guess, have to do with meetings. And we, you know, I I said that meetings can be such a uh, time suck if they're not focused, if they're not purposeful, if they're not, I don't know, rare, um, that they can really make it difficult to get your work done if you're tied up in meetings all the time. And so, you know, there are a couple of ways we can look at this. First of all, if there are meetings that you're being invited to, can you decline? Uh, can you find a way to, uh, to be excused from meetings that you're going to that don't seem to be contributing to your productivity, maybe are actually detrimental to your productivity, but, uh, you know, they're just, they're happening. And, and that might be because there are too many of them. It might be because of the, the subject matter isn't really relevant to what you're doing, but it's just something that a staff meeting that everybody is expected to show up at. Maybe you can have a, a discussion with your supervisor about whether you could be excused so that you could be actually getting some work done. If you can't be excused, can you offer to help make the meeting more productive for those meetings that you have to attend? Maybe you can be proactive and offer to create and maybe gently enforce an agenda for the meetings. Because one of the big issues is if you have a meeting that there is no agenda for to begin with, or there's an agenda that doesn't get stuck with. Uh, because the person running the meeting just kind of lets it become a free-for-all. And maybe there's a place for those meetings, although there were a number of articles that I read on this subject that, you know, that the free-for-all kinds of meetings generally are not very productive. But if you can help kind of corral, you know, herd the cats, so to speak, by offering to create an agenda and and then, you know, offering to kind of keep things, help help whoever's running the meeting keep things moving along, that might help make the meetings uh, more productive, less of a waste of your time. Um, if you are having trouble because you're at meetings that get bogged down due to the fact that a team can't seem to make a decision or reach a consensus, check out the tips in an article. Uh, This is from Laura Stack's productivity blog. And she had this great article for uh, about tips for more efficient team decision making. And I just thought this was so helpful. I'll have a link in the show notes. But uh, tons of tips in that article that are really worth reading. And so check that out. If you can, another suggestion is perhaps if you control the meetings, if you have to have meetings with, say, with a subordinate or with a supervisor for that matter, uh, there are, I've read some things where folks propose standing up meetings or a walking meeting. And this would maybe work for a one-on-one or maybe a very small group meeting. But, um, it's less likely to go on and on and on if folks are standing up, you know, or out walking. So, you know, something to consider. There are some tools that I've learned about recently that can help with preparing for meetings, organizing the follow-up to make sure that the, the, the action items get tended to. One of them is a, a service called UbiMeet. 
And I'll be talking more about that in weeks to come. I'm learning a little more about it, but it looks like a possible resource that I'll want to share with you. And let me know what you, uh, if you have other suggestions or, or tools that you use, if you run meetings or are part of meetings that um, are run well, run productively, I'd love to hear what you have to think about that because it's a big deal. It's, it's something that can take a lot of time in the workplace and that makes it an important uh, focus for getting them done right. Another category, I guess, of tips for being more productive at work is learn to delegate. And this can be hard because sometimes it just seems easier to do it ourselves. That way we know it'll get done right. Or some of us have trouble asking other people to do work. We feel like, you know, we're imposing on somebody, even if that somebody is our assistant. Um, but, but proper delegation can be really a key to being productive at work. So some things to think about in delegating. It starts with managing your to-do list well. Look at your list and think about what's on there that is key to your responsibilities and can only be done by you. Those are the things that you should be focusing your time and energy and attention on. And the other things that are on that to-do list can and probably should be delegated assuming there is somebody there to delegate them to. If you're in a position, whether you have an assistant or subordinates or, you know, people that report to you that um, can do those things that you have authority or the right to delegate to, it's something really important uh, to learn to do. And some of this is a mindset. We need to learn to think of delegation actually as part of our job. If you are a person who has subordinates or... um, direct reports, uh, assistance, those sorts of things. Part of our job may be to develop the skills and the abilities of other people. So it's not about, well, I'm being selfish or I'm just trying to lighten my own workload. Although frankly, there's nothing wrong with trying to make your workload more reasonable if you're overloaded. And um, there was a great article in a, in a, a website called HR Management. This article was called Eight Best Practices in Employee Delegation, also worth reading. And and they, uh, this article talked about the fact that managers who are effective in delegation are showing leadership. They are um, being effective as managers and are developing their employees. They also, delegating properly inspires employees with competence and dedication Uh, And it motivates employees so that they can accept responsibility and learn to do their job well. So that particular article includes a really great step-by-step job to delegating. And I I won't read it all to you. I encourage you, if you are in a management or supervisory uh, position where you have people that you can delegate to, check out this article for the the step-by-step approach. Just briefly, it's looking at what's on your plate and reflecting on ways to uh, clear the table, as, as they put it in the article. Figure out what needs to be done by you and what could be done by other people. The second step is be prepared to document everything create a a plan for delegating and maybe 
create processes and instructions for people to follow on the things that they're going to be taking over. Um, the third step is to identify the project, prioritize those objectives, create a timeline, and then determine who is qualified to perform each task and assign it appropriately. Meet with that employee and communicate the assignment to them. Don't micromanage. Communicate with your boss if, you know, if, if you're kind of in the middle between uh, supervising some and being supervised by others, make sure your boss knows what you're doing. And um, the last step in the article is talking about continuously communicating with that employee, giving them the opportunity to ask questions, keeping the lines of communication open so that the task gets done correctly and uh, it's a successful delegation. So learning to delegate really is a key. And a lot of us as women have trouble with that. Um, we feel like we should be able to handle it all ourselves, but uh, some of this just comes with learning to think of it differently. Another category of uh, tips, I guess, relates to if, if what's blocking your productivity at work has to do with interruptions or noise, there are a lot of different things you can try to deal with that. If you have a, if a door to your office, can you close it at various times? Can you put a sign on it that says, you know, when you need a, a uninterrupted time to work on a project, uh, a, a gently worded do not disturb sign or, you know, occupied check back with me in, in an hour and a half or, or whatever you need to do. Uh, if you can't close the door, or if you're working in a cubicle and there's lots of noise, um, maybe consider wearing noise-canceling headphones, either with or without, you know, music playing through them. Sometimes if you wear, like I have a, some Bose noise-canceling headphones that I, I wear them on, on airplanes to cut down the noise. But you could wear them in the office or wear them at work. It, they do a couple of things. They cut down the noise. Uh, so that you're not um, distracted by the noise. But sometimes they can make people think twice before they come and interrupt you. If they think you're listening to something or, you know, that you have them on for a reason. I've read, read posts by people who say they learned that that made a difference. And so they got to where they would put them on and they weren't listening to anything. They weren't even plugged into anything, but that became a signal to their coworkers that, Hey, I'm focusing here. I'm trying to concentrate and uh, so d please don't interrupt me while I'm doing that. As I mentioned earlier, though, having soft music playing either with or without headphones can cover hallway or ambient noise around you and help you be less distracted. If you're being continuously interrupted by other people, then some of this, you know, kind of goes into another category of being prepared to set boundaries, um, both on others and on yourself, frankly, for instance, um, and this doesn't, isn't so much related to interruptions, but just in general productivity, that whole concept of knowing when to quit, when to call it a day. Uh, some of the things we talked about in episode 56 of the productive woman setting boundaries though on, uh, other people can be tricky because, you know, we're concerned about losing our job or aggravating people, being demoted, but it can be done. And I, I read several, a couple of really good articles about this from experts who were talking about boundaries on in the workplace. 
And they all agreed that it starts with knowing what matters to you, knowing your values, knowing what your limits are, and then communicating clearly with the appropriate people. Um, You know, the one writer said, identify your limits, both, you know, whether emotional, mental, physical, spiritual, etc., and be prepared to um, gently but firmly set boundaries on what is or is not okay. And, and, you know, here we're talking about whether it's interruptions, people just walking into your workspace and interrupting what you're doing uh, or whatever it may be. When you're in a situation, a workspace where, or a workplace where you're not able to be productive, whether it's because of interruptions or uh, disrespect or conflict with the people that you work with, sometimes you, you have to think about how to deal with that. And being able to set boundaries and, and speak up for yourself in a diplomatic way, but, but a straightforward way, finding those right opportunities to talk to the person involved or talk to your supervisor or whoever it is that's the appropriate person to talk to, um, we need to be able to do those things. And if, if we are nervous, some, I, I've, I've felt this way before and I've heard other people, I've had conversations with other people who've said, I can't say anything. I might lose my job. I have no choice. I just have to put up with this. Well, you know, if, if you're tempted to say, I have no choice, I really have to challenge both you and me on that. We always have a choice. Now, we might not like the consequences of one choice or the other, so we choose something else, but it's always our choice. Uh, you know, go back to see episode 29. Allison Sheridan and I talked about this, about owning our choices. We And sometimes just that shift in attitude, realizing, you know what, I'm choosing to be here. I'm choosing to be in this situation. I have a choice about whether to just take it as it comes or speak up and try to make the situation better, whether it's a conflict with a coworker or a boss who's being disrespectful, an assistant who's not assisting, whatever it is, we can take proactive action We should probably evaluate what the consequences might be, but it is our choice. And frankly, if it comes down to if the work environment is toxic, if you've got cruel coworkers or disrespectful supervisors, unreasonable demands on you, whatever those are that are making it impossible for you to be effective and productive at work, and if you cannot by some of the things we've talked about in this episode or other things that we can, you know, come up with, if you cannot affect any kind of change in this toxic work environment, then really you owe it to yourself to consider making a move. Now, obviously, unless you're in a position to simply give your notice, and most of us are not, you you can't do this overnight, but you can start to take steps and make a plan to get yourself to a situation that is less toxic and more, uh, you know, more suited to your personality and your abilities and, and more conducive to productive work on your part. And that's what this is about. So, you know, 
again, it's, we always have a choice. We have to weigh the consequences of our choices, but if you're feeling trapped or, um, you know, stuck in a place because you have no alternative, maybe get, find a, a career counselor or somebody, you know, smart that you can talk with and brainstorm some ideas and a way to change your situation. Another, uh, another thing to consider if, if one of the barriers to your productivity at work is that conflict, um, develop some tools for dealing with that conflict. I loved, uh, some of the suggestions in an article called six ways to deal with an angry person. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Um, that article had some just really awesome, uh, ways of dealing things to say, to diffuse a situation or to deal with someone who's angry and, uh, depending on what the situation is. And I, I really like the article. So check that out. Uh, if, if interruptions or noise or those sorts of things are making it difficult for you to pre- be productive, if possible, consider finding an alternative workspace for when you really need to be able to concentrate, uh, maybe a conference room or outside on a bench somewhere. If the weather's good, take your work and sit there. I read about one guy who would go out and work in his car in the, in the parking garage, if he really needed someplace undisturbed. So see if you can find a place like that periodically, if, if you're able to get away from your work, you know, your regular workspace where it's too noisy or you're prone to being interrupted. And, you know, the last thing I thought of, I always throw out there is consider if, if it's possible for you working from home one day a week, again, if that's possible for what your job is, and if you can stay focused at home. Working at home is not always a good option for all of us if there are more distractions there than at the office. So those are, you know, I don't, I hope that something in there sparked an idea for you, um, these are just some thoughts that I, things that I've tried to do in my workspace to try to be more productive, ideas that I thought of or that I came across in, in doing some research. But what do you think? Do you have questions, of, uh, specific productivity barriers at work or, or problem areas that you're dealing with? Or on the other hand, do you have some tips for what helps you be more productive at work that you could share with the rest of us? Please share your, uh, your questions or your thoughts or your ideas. Uh, there are a number of ways you can do that. You can, uh, go to the productive slash 62 and scroll down to the comments section and leave a, a, a question or a, a suggestion there. You can also post on the productive woman's Facebook page and we can engage in a conversation, uh, that way about what your suggestions or your tips or your questions If you want to have a private conversation with me about it, you can email those questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com or leave a voice message by going to the website or the Facebook page and clicking on the voice button. All right, so a couple of things to remember. Um, If you enjoy the show, it it would mean a lot to me if you would consider leaving a a short review of The Productive Woman on iTunes or Stitcher. And there are links in the show notes, or you can just go to theproductivewoman.com slash iTunes or slash Stitcher. That'll take you right to the place where you can 
Leave just a couple of sentences, letting people know what you think of the show, giving me your feedback. I would uh, love to hear that. I want to thank uh, Leanne Guzman and Emily Bourne for their encouraging words recently on Facebook about uh, episode 60, the one we did on project planning, and particularly to Emily for sharing her thoughts on the task management app, Remember the Milk. This is another cross-platform option that she really likes for its simplicity, and it might be worth you checking out. I want to also especially thank Paige Ray of Hear Motherhood podcast, and this is at hearmotherhood.com. She gave um, some really kind comments on episode 59 uh, in an audio comment, and I'd like to uh, play that for you now. Hi, my name is Paige, and I podcast over at Hear Motherhood. I really appreciated your episode 59, What I Know About Raising Kids, mostly because I'm a brand new mom and I don't have a lot of experience. So um, I, I really appreciate an experienced mom's perspective on things. Something that really resonated with me was the phrase, don't set your kids up for failure. And that's something I realized that we've already started implementing. Even though our son's only five months old, I like to remind myself and my husband that our son can only be as good as we allow him to be this early in his life. So what that means for us is, you know, just because we want to hang out with our friends until 8.30 or 9 o'clock to have dinner, we know that that's going to set off his schedule. And so, you know, the night after may not be as easy to get him into bed because his schedule's off or whatever. So I just wanted to say thank you for that episode. I really appreciated it. And I will definitely be implementing different aspects of it into our lives. So thanks so much. So thank you, Paige, for uh, those kind words. And I really appreciate the feedback. A couple of quick things. If you haven't picked up your free copy of my project planning template, that is available at theproductivewoman.com slash project. So you can download that for free there. And remember to respond to the listener survey if you haven't already done so at theproductivewoman.com slash survey. Uh, I've got one more thing I want to tell you, but before I do that, uh, I, I've got something special I'd like to offer you. But before I do that, I, I want to uh, tell you a little bit more about our sponsor, Prep Dish. I, I have been really excited to share Prep Dish with you as listeners. Uh, and they have a special page for the Productive Woman listeners at prepdish.com slash productive. Uh, and, and as I've said before, for many of us, one of the challenges that we deal with regularly is getting meals on the table. And for me, at least, uh, just coming up with the ideas for what to cook is a huge challenge. Prep Dish is a great solution to this, and especially for those of, of you who uh, serve, want to serve gluten-free meals or who are on the paleo diet. Prep Dish is a meal planning service. Each week, you if, if you sign up for the program, you receive an email each week that contains a grocery list and instructions for prepping your meals ahead of time. You basically spend a couple of hours, one day, maybe on Sunday, if that's a, a quiet day for you, spend just a couple of hours getting uh, the things sort of pre-prepared, and then you've got meals ready for the week and you only spend, you know, 5, 15, maybe 20 minutes in the uh, each evening uh, finishing up the meal and getting it on the table. So it's a very efficient way to answer the 
what's for dinner question. Not only is it an amazing time saver, but the meals are delicious. You know, recent menu choices were something like, were a lemon basil shrimp with Italian, I should always want to look this up, is it quinoa salad, a veggie taco soup, and desserts like cranberry pecan baked pears, which yum, I'm hungry, so yum. (laughs) These meals uh, are made with real food, nothing processed. There are gluten-free and paleo options. They're all planned by a woman who's a personal chef and a registered dietitian. So these meals are both delicious and they're healthy. Uh, The service is at a really reasonable price to begin with, but they are offering the productive woman listeners a very special rate for for a while now of only $4 for the first month. So that's only a dollar per week for a weekly meal plan. I think this is perfect for somebody who's new to paleo or maybe to a veteran paleo person or gluten-free person who's just looking for some new things, new ideas of things to serve. It lets prep dish lets you shop once, prep once, and then enjoy healthy, stress-free meals all week, leaving you with more time to accomplish the other things that matter to you. So please visit PrepDish.com slash productive to start today. And thank you so much to PrepDish for supporting the productive woman. All right, one last thing. I've been thinking lately how very grateful I am for the opportunity to share this journey with you. Knowing you're there listening, the feedback you've given me, um, it's just been, it's such a privilege and a real joy to me. And I would like to give something back. A few listeners have mentioned in the last month or so that they'd, they'd be interested in an opportunity to have some productivity coaching. And at some point I will offer a coaching program, but for now, what I think I'd like to do is offer a 30-minute productivity consultation at no charge uh, through the end of this year, 2015. We would do it via Skype or perhaps Google Hangouts, depending on how it works out. I'm not sure how much interest there is uh, and so how much of a demand for this there will be. And I do have a day job and this show to do and a family, so I don't have unlimited time. So I want to offer these between now and and the end of 2015, And I'll do them, I'll take them on a first-come, first-served basis as long as I have capacity to schedule them. Only, you know, one per listener. So if this is something you're interested in, if you'd be interested in a 30-minute Skype uh, um, productivity consultation at no charge, email me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com and put consultation in the subject line. And in the message, give me an idea of what, you know, productivity related topic you'd like to talk about. If you want to talk about uh, your to-do list and how to manage it better or um, suggestions on decluttering your kitchen or, you know, whatever, anything that that's kind of productivity related is fair game. But, you know, give me an idea of what you have in mind. I will take them in the order I receive them and I'll schedule them over the next few weeks at a time that works for us both. And like I said, no charge. This is just something I want to do to express my gratitude to you for listening to the show and being part of this with me. So uh, again, email me at feedback at the and uh, I'd love to talk with you.
And that, I think, wraps it up for this slightly longer than normal episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I I really hope you found something in it that's helpful to you. I'd love to hear your ideas, your suggestions. Uh, So please write or leave a voicemail. And I look forward to talking with you again soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.